And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's totally terrific, totally transforming, totally triumphant Tuesday as we find unity from the Father through the Son and by the Spirit, all for the glory of God Almighty. First, Reboam had an excellent opportunity to be an excellent king. He was Solomon's son. He could have benefited dramatically by observing his father's victories and failures. But of course, instead of seeking God, duh, he chose to use the counselors of his own age to make decisions apart from God. Does this sound familiar? Even though he had wise counsel right next to him, he opted to go with his buddies. Here's the catch. God was preparing to judge Israel for their sins. Part of that judgment was their separation. Nothing was going to stop God from doing what he was going to do. Next, we have ever, have you ever had significant victories in your spiritual walk? I have. I've had tons. Okay. Substantial accomplishments and milestones are to be cherished and appreciated. And our enemy is aware of every spiritual success we've had because it damages his kingdom. He is not all-knowing, but he knows when he takes a hit. So what does an enemy do when you gain territory? He tries to bring you down a bit. Either through fear or some other point of weakness, he's after you. He's he's going to lose, but it's not like he's going to go out quietly, right? Okay. And additionally, I stand by the three primary approaches to the end times. I'm telling everybody right now, there's post, there's all millennialism, there's premillennialism, and there's postmillennialism. And I happen to be a student of all three theologies. People are like going, huh? I believe all three schools of thought are brilliant in their own right and applied in their own way. I'm a manifold millennialist. Many of you are going, what? Don't bother trying to track it down. It's an emerging theology. There's not even really papers written on it. But regardless of your eschaton, all Christians have a general pathway. Let's follow that because it turns out that that is the commandments of Jesus. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. I like that. That, That's a good one. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and oy vey, so much more. How much more? Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can reach out to us in a couple of different ways. You know you can send us an email, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. In case you forgot already, it's david at hemustincrease.org. You can also text us, 214-210-8483, live during the show. 214-210-8483. can't text when the show's on tape. 
but you can text while it's live, 214-210-8483. Or you can call in at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you call 972-445-0770, you'll end up talking to Captain Chris. You know what that's like? That's like getting a world-class, top-of-the-line massage chair. <laughs> I mean the big ones. Yeah. You'll talk to Captain Chris, and then you will be... That's right. <laughs> I want one of those right... I want one of those when I'm doing this show. And then I can sit there and say, and then Jesus... Oh, right there, right there. I can do that while I'm doing the teaching. Uh, here's the bottom line. Maybe you have a thought, a question, a comment, or an opinion. Uh, we had Fred Collin, fantastic job. Annika, great job sharing a testimony. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. You can share any of that. It can be a praise report. It can be a prayer request. It can be something you just want to share. You're just like, hey, I want this happen. I just want to kind of share about this. The idea is it's just not a kvetch fest. And by that, we mean we, we want to encourage one another. There's plenty of places for us to unload. And there's places on on, on many uh, shows, even uh, specifically on this station, that you can share those things with and share some of that frustration with. And we respect that. But on this show, we're just looking for a little bit more push in the upward direction. So what we're saying is as we see the day approaching, and we do, let's encourage one another as we can and as we are commanded to do. Well, that's an important part of this. So we do have a trivia question that we're going to ask, but somebody has called in. So I want to see if they want me to ask the trivia question first or take the call first. I'm going to let Captain Chris figure that out. What would you? Uh, we're going to take the call first, and then we'll see where that goes and see how we do the trivia question from there. So here we go. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? My name is Richard. Hi, Richard. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Okay. Is there something I can help you with? Yes, sir. As I'm driving here, uh, and I was listening to you, you know, start off with the Lord's Prayer a minute ago. Uh, I, I actually wanted to just ask you, you know, what, what is your take when it comes to prayer? How over the years, it seems like I've, I've just heard so many speak about an unspoken prayer request. And yet, I, I really don't think that I can find that being taught in the Scriptures, because it seems like in the Scriptures we're told to be specific when we pray. Um, what, what are your thoughts on the, the whole unspoken prayer request? Okay, fair enough. Did you want to hang on, or do you want to hang up, and then I'll answer? Which would you prefer? Uh, I, I can hang up and oh. then listen to you uh, in, in that way. Okay, you got it. Let's do that. And, and, and I guess the second part to that is, how would you would you correct someone for for, for doing that? Okay. No? Yeah. So would you correct it? I, I get exactly what you're saying. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. A lot, of, a lot of wind in there, so we'll just try it. We'll, and that's one of the reasons I, I was asking him if he wanted to hang up, because there's a lot of wind, and then it feeds back in the show. So what he's asking is it's not that it's an invalid question. Here's here's what I want you to understand. But 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 Richard has a point of view, and, and that's you, you can tell he has a point of view because his ask, he's asking, was it right to do that? 
And then the second question is, should you correct somebody, which tells you that he's, he doesn't, he's not comfortable with that, which is really important to understand that for Richard, he should not do that. Let me explain to you what I'm saying. In other words, some people are very comfortable uh, communicating to the Lord uh, from their, let's say, their inner voice, okay? But he's got a point saying, you, especially when you're operating in faith, speaking is a, is a faith reinforcer. The question is, can God hear that or will God hear that? God can hear that because why? He searches the minds and the hearts, and the Holy Spirit, this is the biggest thing that you got to catch, and I want you to understand this. The Holy Spirit, Romans 8, 26, intercedes for us with words, with, with groanings that words cannot express. So when people get legalistic, and I'm not saying that, that Richard's being legalistic. I'm just saying when you say it must be this way, you have to understand that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with words that cannot, with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. It can't be said that way. So obviously the Holy Spirit in us is able to communicate to God without words coming through us. And that's just read Romans 8, 26. Don't get mad at me. It's in the book. And then recognizing that God searches the hearts and minds looking for people whose hearts and minds are towards him, that's another way to recognize. But having said that, I, in my own experience, have had victories in both realms. I've had victories where I've said nothing, looked up to heaven, and said, you know, come on. God, I, I, come on. Without even saying anything, I think if God looked at my face, my face would say, uh, help, please. <laughs> okay. And then I've had that time where I've looked up to heaven and made strong proclamation and strong declaration. And for me, it works both ways. When Hannah prayed, her lips moved, but no sound came out of them. And God answered her prayer. So does it have to be spoken? Not biblically. I mean, there's no evidence of that. Should it or can it or is it good to be spoken? I think it's good to be spoken because your own ears hear it and it reinforces. But again, in Nehemiah's case, too, he spoke and prayed in his heart. So there's biblical examples of people. Remember, Nehemiah could not speak before the king. If he spoke inappropriately before the king, he'd been killed. So he, he, you know, he, he prayed on the inside. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think as a habit, you should be aware it probably goes the other direction. Now, do you correct somebody? Uh, My answer to that would be this. I would find out if that person's prayer life is sufficient because then if it's sufficient, you don't want to mess with that. You don't want to touch that because that prayer life is between the person and God. But if you see somebody and they're real deficient in it, you can lovingly say, hey, maybe you should pray that a little more outwardly And that that way you can hear it and it reinforces for yourself so that you can also hear what's being proclaimed and stand in a greater sense of faith. So from a a specific theological nail-it-down point of view, must it be that way? Wasn't that way for Hannah? Wasn't that way for Nehemiah? Fully understandable. The Holy Spirit intercedes with us with groanings, with words that words cannot utter, and that God examines the heart and the mind. At the same time, can we look at prayer and say sometimes speaking it is a reinforcement and effective? You bet, because you speak it, and after it's spoken, your ears hear it. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that part's okay, too. Can you get legalistic in it? That's where you got to be careful. That's where it gets more dicey to say I'm going to represent how God 
tells people to pray when in certain circumstances it may not be that way. So you got to be careful there. Can you encourage it? Sure. Should you condemn them because they don't do it your way? No. Be very careful there. Remember, it's God's servant. To him, he can stand or fall, and they will stand because God is able to make them stand. That's what the Scripture says, okay? All right, we'll take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon experience? I cannot wait, though. I have to do this particular sound. We might interrupt uh, while I'm doing the teaching, but I got to do the sound because it is time for Bible Baloney Beatdown. Hello. Hello. It's now time for David Spoon's Bible Baloney Beatdown. Bible Baloney Beatdown. I'll knock your brains out of your head, Annie. I can't believe I'm allowed to do that. I love that. Anyhow, uh, Bible Baloney Detail has to do with the kingdom of God. So there are people that go, well, you know, in Scripture, there's so many contradictions. Like, what about when Jesus said, if you're for me, uh, then you're not you're not against me. If you're against me, you're not for me. And they kind of mix it all up and so on and so forth. Let me just help out and just kind of set the record straight, keeping it simple. There are two. Now, watch what I'm going to sh- I'm going to show you. There are two. Okay. Watch. Somewhere between one and three. There are two. Here you go. One more time. There are two kingdoms. I'm gonna I'm gonna blow your mind when I say this. There is the kingdom of God. Right? Everybody would agree. Okay, got it. Seek first the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. And then there is any other attempted kingdom. There is the kingdom of God, and then there's any other attempted kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of men, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what it is. There's the kingdom of God and all the other ones, okay? Or And they're all just wrapped up in the one thing. There's the kingdom of God and the kingdoms that are not the kingdom of God. <laughs> That's all we got. That's all it is. Luke chapter 9, verse 49 through 50, John responded, Master, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him. Because he does not follow us. Verse 50. Don't stop him, Jesus told him, because whoever is not against you is for you. Keeping this in context, the person is not opposed. This is very important. The person is not opposed, but for the kingdom of God. He's not neutral. He's a kingdom advancer. He's somebody that's advancing the kingdom, casting out demons in the name of Jesus Christ. And John is like, well, he's not one of us. Okay, that's a whole separate sermon, a whole separate issue, which I'm sure your pastor has taught on many times. And that is the last thing that you need are a whole bunch of more people just like you or just like me. We need people to be like Jesus. And they don't need to follow us exactly. They need to follow Jesus. And I don't want to have I don't want to reproduce a thousand me's. I want people reproducing being Jesus. Because I'm not going to do anything, but people who are more like Jesus, they make a difference. And in context, this person was advancing the kingdom by driving out demons in the name of Jesus Christ. He's a kingdom advancer. The David Spoon experience. 
Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where we're getting ready to give you our trivia question. You guys ready? Okay. You ready? Okay. You ready? All right. It's kind of a trick question. Kind of. Okay, so I guess you can play the horn, but I'll just say it. Go ahead and play the horn. All right, it's kind of a trick question. If I tell you that, that means, hmm, Dave's looking, he's got that broader thing going on. Yes. Who preached in the Gospels? Who preached, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand? Although I think it would have been done a little differently. Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Like that. Who preached that? Okay. All right. Okay. There. We'll leave that there. If you think you know the answer, don't you guys feel sorry for my wife? Uh, If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email, david at he must increase.org. <clears throat> As I get ready to tell you what I consider to be one of the grandest jokes <laughs> of all time. And you might not laugh, but you should. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. So there you go. Ready? You got it? You got the best? All right, we're ready. All right, all right. Many of you will know this joke. I don't care. It's just so funny. I just, I happen to like it. Ready? And don't get upset. It's a joke. We use this for humor, okay? A man with no arms is looking for a job. He goes to the pastor of his local church one morning and says, Pastor, I desperately need work. Is there any job you can give me despite my obvious disability? The pastor with a cheeky grin points to the church bell, church's bell tower and says, You see that bell up there? You can ring that for me every day precisely at noon. I'll pay you 20 bucks a day. Can you do that? The no-iron man hesitated, but the offer of $20 a day sounded too promising, so he agreed. Later that day, he makes his way up to the bell tower, but alas, he can't pull the ropes for obvious reasons. However, he does not give up. Being a quick thinker, the man takes a stance in front of the bell and begins repeatedly bashing his face into the bell. Success! The bell rings at the strike of noon, and a slightly dizzy man, no arms, returns downstairs with a very confused pastor, living up to his promise, and grants him $20. One faithful day, however, the man again staggers up to reach the bell at noon. As it approached, he took his normal stance, ready to smash his head against the giant chiming machine. However, on this faithful day, he charged the bell, staggered so much he completely missed it. His momentum took him right over the shadow of the wall of the tower, and he plummeted to the ground. Down he went, instantly killed. The crowd of people began to gather around with the no-armed man's body, including a police officer. The woman looked at his body, horrified, and said, Oh my goodness, does anybody know who this man is? The police officer looked at the dead man and replies, I don't know, but his face sure rings a bell. <laughs> now, come on! <coughs> Did you like that one? Does that sound good? <laughs> I don't know that spaceship rings a bell. Come on, people. Okay. <laughs> Who 
preached, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand in the Gospels. If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david, at he must increase org. <laughs> I don't know, but his face sure rings a bell. Come on, people. It's a joke. Okay. First Kings chapter 12, verse 15. The king did not listen to the people. This is Rehoboam. Because the turn of events came from the Lord to carry out his word, which the Lord had spoken through Ahijah the Shilonite to Jeroboam, son of Nebet. Here's a, wow, a lot of words there. Nebit, this, Nebit, wow. Here's the bottom line. Solomon had a son, and Rehoboam was his son. And he had this opportunity to be the king, and uh, he took that office. And then the people came to him and said, hey, your, your father was kind of tough on us. And we just want to know if you're going to be a little cooler than your dad was. And so he said, we'll come back in a couple of days, and I'll let you know. Bad sign for a king. He's got to just wait that much time, you know, overall. So he asks his older counselors, his dad's counselors, and they're all like, yeah, yeah, your dad was kind of tough, and you should be nice. And then he asks his buddies, and his buddies are like, no, no, be meaner, be worse. Those are the people come back, and he's like, I'm going to be so mean. It's going to be terrible. You just call me Mr. Mean. I mean, he's going to be the worst guy, right? And this happened, when this happened, this is what split the kingdom. The kingdom went northern and southern because of this event. But what people miss about this event is even though the king was, uh, it's, it's fair to say he was not wise in his council decisions, right? The scripture says the king did not listen to the people because the turn of events came from the Lord to carry out his word. So thinking about what Annika said earlier about Samson and thinking about how these things transpired. Now, the, the angel spoke to his mom before he was born. Then the kid's born, right? The kid's an amazing like child, right? But then he wants to marry somebody who's outside of the, the, the family line, which doesn't make the parents happy. He wants to, you know, he wants to, you know, he wants to basically party his brains out and do whatever he wants and not care. That's not working. He's sleeping with people he's not even married with. That's not good. But in every instance, God took that circumstance and used it to judge the Philistines. And so what happens from the human perspective is is vitally different than what the divine perspective is. That's the danger that people have who are Christians who try to tell other people this is what God is doing when they only know their own perspective. That's the the danger from that. The turn of events came from the Lord. Who did that? The Lord did that. Why? Because Israel was going to be judged for their sins that they had committed, and it was not going to escape anybody at any point. They were going to get judged, period, and didn't matter how that was going to come about. And that's the proof that you and I, as opposed to looking at others, need to be strongly connected to the Lord so that the decisions we make are based on our communion with him, the wisdom of the scripture, the influence of the Holy Spirit, and the general counsel, and using all of those things together. But in this case, it wasn't going to matter. The reason I bring that up is because sometimes the Lord allows people to do the weirdest things. <laughs> you sit there going, why would that happen? 
What's going on? But God is doing something else altogether. What that then becomes for the Christian is an opportunity to exercise true trust that God knows the events that are taking place. First of all, let's recognize that since he is all-powerful, all-knowing, right, and he's everywhere, that there's nothing that happens that's getting by God. God is not going, oh, I didn't see that. Okay, that's not happening. The second thing to acknowledge is that he's in charge and that ultimately, while we do the best we can, I still like it. It's got some theological issues, but I still like do your best, pray that it's blessed, let the Lord take care of the rest. I think it's right is, is, is a functionality. But the Lord is often doing things we don't see. And a great example of this, and we've talked about it before, is Saul being sent out for uh, to look for the donkeys. I've mentioned this before, that, that his dad said, go find those donkeys uh, that are lost. And he's going out looking for the donkeys. And then God turns around and talks to Samuel and says, I'm sending you a king. Now, from Saul's perspective, he's looking for donkeys. From God's perspective, God's bringing the king to Samuel so Samuel can anoint him. So God takes an event that seems... Well, hard, highly irritating, since I know what it's like to have a pet go missing and then have to go look for it. <laughs> I'm just saying. And then there's something else altogether that's taking place that God is doing. That happens in your Christian walk. And you and I have to trust God, even when we don't get it. And sometimes the turn of events comes about from the Lord, and you think, but this is this could be tough, this is bad. That doesn't mean that the Lord's not in it. They were with Jesus in the boat. In the perfect will of God when that storm came. Well, that was Satan. They were in the boat with Jesus doing the perfect will of God when that storm came. There's nothing you can say about that. Being in the perfect will of God doesn't mean everything is smooth and perfect. The perfect will of God led to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. So careful there, right? And the reason that I say it the way I'm saying it and the way I'm bringing it up is because we need to have a greater reverence. I was reading in... Uh, Samuel 5 and 6 today. And boy, the, the when, when the Philistines captured the Ark of the Covenant, they didn't have a, a nice reverence. God started killing people. People had diseases, and the whole land was weeping. Oh, they got it in a hurry. It's like, okay. In other words, let's just let's be careful and follow the Lord. He knows what he's doing. He knows how it goes. But our job is to love him with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. Stay close. Stay connected. Be careful. Be aware. Use discernment. And there's nothing wrong with helping and correcting and giving directions to one another. Just do it with the right spirit and the right heart. That's fine. But sometimes the Lord allows things that are beyond our purview and he's going to get them done that way, whether we think it should be done that way or not, because he, he doesn't ask our permission. Okay? All right. Who preached, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, was a little bit of a trick question, because in Matthew 3, 1 through 2, it was John the Baptist, but in Matthew chapter 4, 17, it was Jesus Christ. Both primary message initially to the public, repent. Boy, you don't hear that too much on TV, do you? Yeah, probably not. Okay. We'll take a break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Just as I am, reach down This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business. 
but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here. What is the David Spoon experience? My guest on the phone today is absolutely no exception and is one of the top tiers. Uh, I want to say welcome to Dr. David Jeremiah from Turning Point. Dr. Jeremiah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be with you. It's great to have you on the show. I was doing a little bit of research, and I just wanted to ask you, because I want to talk about the new book, and I want to talk about the study Bible you just released and Turning Point, but I was going over some of the materials you've done, and and on my list I have that you've done at this point, and if I'm wrong, correct me, uh, at least 53 books with three New York Times bestsellers and one about to be a fourth New York Times bestseller, 100 Bible study guides, and you sold more than 4 million books. Is that right? Well, you know more about that than I do, but that sounds that sounds probably about right. Yeah, that is absolutely amazing. So everybody who's uh, listening to this uh, uh, broadcast right now certainly, I'm sure, wants to send out their appreciation for you taking the time and committing yourself to this process. I was uh, going through your background, and and as I was reading it, I understand that you actually accepted the Lord as your uh, Savior when you were 14. Is that right? That's about right. Yeah, that's about how old I was. Yeah. So you were you were young when you came into the faith. Actually, I I really had a head start in many respects because I was born into the family of a pastor, and I heard the gospel many many times and probably had some preliminary experiences before I truly understood it for myself at that age. <clears throat> so I was blessed to be brought up in a Christian home with with the message of the gospel very very familiar to me. If Jesus Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. Where we're getting ready for our next trivia question. What bird did God provide for the Israelites for meat in the wilderness? What bird 
Try and stay away from Bugs Bunny. What bird did God provide to the Israelites for meat in the wilderness? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. And as well, you can send an email David at he must increase.org. We are going to send you to the website real fast because we need to do that. Here's the thing about the website blah, 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 blah. It's a great place to give. Please consider giving. Go to he must increase.org. Prayer request? He must increase.org. Praise report? He must increase.org. Looking to give to this ministry? He must increase.org. Confused by what's happening right now? He must increase.org. He must increase.org. <laughs> I think that one's water. How could that be what you're killing me? You know what? You kill. All right, where's the person? Get send the person in. I don't want to talk to you. Let me talk to the person. Where are they? <laughs> this is David. Who am I talking to? This is Don. This is who? Don. Hi, Don. How are you? I'm great. How are you, brother? I am fantastic. You know what? I got to tell you, I got most of my work done for schoolwork. I got to tell you. So I don't have to sit there and spend three or four hours tonight or tomorrow or the next day doing any of it. <laughs> so I'm like, praise <laughs> God. I'm oh, so yes, happy. you will. You'll do more. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, uh, what? what's that? Is that grass growing? Good. I want to watch that for a while. <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> All right. Classic question. Really important. What bird did God provide to the Israelites for meat in the wilderness? They were quail. That is correct, sir! You are right! I, you know, it's funny how the story is, how he sent them at, what, like, waist level, and they were just taking their clubs and clubbing them. Yes, that's so amazing! <laughs> you brought that up! I've always wondered, I mean, if you're there, right, and it's happening, yeah. so, I mean, you're... I mean, it's like, do they, it's not, you're thinking, do they have like a tennis racket kind of thing? And they're, you know what I'm saying? And they're <laughs> smacking it? Or do they have sticks? And then, you know, if that happened, some people were whiffing. I mean, they were striking and missing, and it was going, you know, like baseball. It's like, strike, strike. You know, it's like, <laughs> just, right. that must have been Well, they so certainly insane. got their share of quail. Yes, they did. And then even, even beforehand, they didn't, they weren't very thankful. And the Lord let them know how much he did not appreciate. That so excellent, no, excellent job. Very, very good on the call. Really good. Well, thank you, brother. I always enjoyed listening to your show. I, I thank I, you. I was listening to earlier, but I just couldn't get to the phone fast enough to answer. But <laughs> I, it's really kind of cool. And I know that there was a lady that said something earlier. I said, This is the only show that I know of that has Bible trivia on it. And I love Bible trivia. I've been in the Bible for you know, well, for a long time, but actually steadily for about 15 years. And that's every single day. Amen, and, brother. And, you know, and that's, and that's when you do that, you're going to learn. You're gonna, and you're going to remember. Absolutely. Isn't it amazing when you went through that time for during that period, though, you would be in there. There'd be sometimes you'd go in there and you might, might even have kind of a— uh, maybe a lack of a, maybe not the greatest attitude or spirit or whatever going in, but when you came out, you were like going, wow. And you just like, it's, it's like the the Lord went, watch this. You know, I can do anything. I can change your heart. Watch this. Law of the Lord is perfect. Able to restore the Lord, or able to restore That's the right. soul. And it's like, boom, I feel restored. 
That's right. And man, excellent. I love that you know that testimony. That's a great, great testimony. Excellent job. All right, Mark. Thank God you. Bless you. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. Okay. What are we doing? <laughs> we got a show, right? Uh, all right. Uh, uh, trivia. Uh, no, not trivia. We did. Uh, we did. We didn't do trivia. We did do trivia. That was trivia. We didn't do history. All right. I'll get there. This is what happens when your brain goes on overload. You're, you're hearing it. Like, oh, is this what overload sounds like? Yes. All right. Let's do history. Let's go. All right, today is National Garlic Day, which is like, if it's garlic toast, right, or like a shrimp scampi that has that garlic stuff in it, I like that, right? Right? You like that? Is that right? I love garlic. Okay. Like thumbs and like batteries? Close second. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Today is National Hanging Out Day. (laughs) What are they talking about? Somebody goes to 7-Eleven and just sits there and looks at the Slurpee machine? I mean, that's like, it's so 70s, right? Uh, bicycle day, uh, that's good. And then humorous day, but I don't find that funny. Uh, let's see. No, no. Uh, 1775 was technically the start on this day. was technically the start of the American Revolution War. Technically. 1919, fascinating. Two things coming up. 1919, the first successful parachute jump and free fall is made. Like this show. What are you going to say? I just have to note it's the first successful parachute jump. <laughs> Which means that prior to that, there was, you know, <laughs> it wasn't maybe as successful. Hopefully when they were doing that, it, they weren't, you know, 8,000 feet in the air. But, you know, you're not sure. And then on this day, and some people get upset about it, just relax. Uh, 1987, the Simpsons got their first start in a uh, one-minute animated short on the Tracy Ullman Show on this day in 1987. All right, let's get into the text. Uh, I want to talk about highs and lows. Okay, do we cover that? We cover that? Cover that? We'll do our DNA in the next segment. Highs and lows. This is pretty important. 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 3a. If you ever look at a text and it says 1b, 1c, 1a, that means it's taking a portion of the text. I'm not trying to take it out of context, trying to give you location. 1 Kings 19, 1 through 3a. Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a message to Elijah saying, May the gods punish me and do so severely if I don't make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then Elijah became afraid and immediately ran for his life. So there are people that will, I've actually heard this, people contesting. Somebody named their child Elijah, which was fine, and they were contesting, well, he was never afraid. It's like, (laughs) yes, he was. I understand what you're saying, but it was unusual for him. Okay, We, 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 We can grant that. But here's what I want you to catch for you and me, because this not only has historical applications, personal Christian application to your regular life, your Christian walk. Many times you, in your walk, since you said yes to Jesus, since you repented, since you acknowledged, since you surrendered, since you said, Jesus, live in my heart, since Jesus lives in your heart by faith and the Holy Spirit lives in you bodily— you have had victories. You've had things that have happened. You've prayed a prayer, uh, especially in the beginning of people's faiths. I, I, I know people don't agree with me uh, somewhat, but 
it seems like there's that honeymoon phase where you become a Christian where it's you're just aware of everything spiritual. Your eyes are so opened, right? And those are huge victories. Answers to prayers are huge victories, okay? And so we have those victories, and Satan is never unaware of those victories. He's not going to stop those victories. But what he wants to do is he wants to put a pin in the balloon of happiness and joy and grace and rejoicing that we have. He wants to pop that balloon because us being happy in the Lord or confident in the Lord or strong in the Lord, not good for his kingdom. So what happened to Elijah is he had, this is one of the biggest victories of any any prophet anywhere. Here's a guy, and then the fire, you know, it's the fire comes out. It's just the whole thing that happened. It's just like they're killing people with the sword. They just wiped them out. And if you remember the whole story, this is one of the great, great, great stories because of, of how the Lord demonstrated by, by bringing fire down from heaven and consuming the offering. And then the enemy threatened him, and the enemy was Jezebel. And she was, you know, it wasn't like she was, uh, she, she had influence. She had power. She had, uh, she had Ahab's, could get Ahab to do anything. She had control over him in many ways. And then, of course, most of you know about people uh, preaching the last, you know, hundred years about the Jezebel spirit, which comes out of Revelation. Revelation uh, message, letters to the church. That's not the point. The point is that Elijah ran for his life. And I want to say why without in trying to indict or read into. I look at this situation and I think, you know what? Elijah had a great victory. This is not Elisha. This is Elijah, A-L-I-J-A-H. They had killed the prophets. It was a great victory. He was definitely on a high. Then the enemy threatens him. Then he's on in route. He's concerned because the enemy, you know, Jezebel's threatening his life. And I just want to say this. It's hard to stay in that top place. In other words— you have that top place, and just being aware that you've had victory is a powerful, powerful thing. But the enemy knows, and will try to pop that balloon. He's, he doesn't get to he doesn't get to take away the blessing, but he's just trying to drop you a notch or two or ten. And we have to remember that there's big highs and there's also lows, and that's not an abnormal thing. And I'll give you a perfect example. Sometimes coming out of a great service and going back into the world, you feel kind of a, a little bummed out because you just had this great spiritual experience. Sometimes you go to a spiritual conference, you come back, you're like, why aren't all these people more spiritual? You know, it's like that's what happens because there's highs and lows. The the point that I'm bringing up is remember there's an enemy. So when you have a victory, celebrate it, acknowledge it. I write it down because I think it's a good thing to do just to have even just in a word doc. But don't forget that the enemy's still going to try and drop a few darts in your direction. Be aware there's highs and lows in your Christian walk. There's nothing wrong with that. Everything right with that. You just want to have more highs than lows. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Most of my life it feels like I've been running, running and running and running. Like any person searching for answers, I, too, have wondered about him. He has a weird sense of humor. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. Those big ears really don't help. Will people enjoy his perspective on culture, politics, food, sports, and local and national news? I don't know. He's just a client. 
Tune in to the David Spoon Experience on KAAM. What is the David Spoon Experience? Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under his wings. Day and night they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And you're thinking, that's a great verse, Dave. What does that got to do with Thanksgiving? Right? Because that doesn't have any application except for God is pictured here as always was, always is, and always will be. And a person who is walking in the dynamic of continually giving thanks is looking at their past with thanksgiving, is looking at their present with thanksgiving, and is looking at their future with thanksgiving, because God has operated in the past, the present, and the future, and you have a past, a present, and a future, and when you look at your past, and you operate with thanksgiving, and you look at your present, and you operate with thanksgiving, and you look at your future, and you operate with thanksgiving, you're operating in those principles with God, and if you look at your past with thanksgiving, guess what you won't have. You won't have bitterness. And if you look at your present with thanksgiving, guess what you're going to have? A trusting and a confidence. And if you look to your future with thanksgiving, guess what you're going to have? A hope for a better tomorrow. All these principles operate if you will continually walk in thanksgiving on every aspect and element of your life. You won't be bitter. You'll be trusting God and walking in confidence. You'll be looking for a better tomorrow. You'll be operating in the principle of faith. You'll be honoring God and you'll be setting yourself free in your partnership with God, how can that be bad? How can that be bad? It blow my mind. Crying out loud. We should be thanking God for, oh, but this terrible thing happened. But look how God brought you through it. This terrible thing is happening, but look how God is bringing you through it. Hey, when they start shooting Christians, look how God took you out and brought you to him. I mean, it's like it's all together. You can't escape this. If you look at your life with a continual feast of thanksgiving, you'll have a continual feast. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where we have just been informed by my very own telephone that nobody's texts have been able to get through during the entire show. <laughs> you'd think, you'd want to know that, right, Dave? Yeah, well, during live radio, you can't really do much about it. <laughs> See, so anybody who's texted me, if I have not replied or do not reply to you today, no matter who you are, if I do not give you a thumbs up or a clap or anything else, it's nothing personal. It's called technology. You can love it. You can hate it. But it's still right there in the middle of everything. No texts are taking it. Something must have happened. We see we have a smart line. So we have uh, an extra line, and they might just be having, you know, problems. We've had that happen before. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You know what? Does it matter? No, not really. All right. So if you're going to answer the trivia, you can try to text. I'll get them all when I get home and reset it. <laughs> So, so that's why. So, and I'm, I'm just telling everybody, I'm not, it's not that I don't like you. It's not that I'm trying to be mean to you. I don't see them. 
It's hard to respond when you don't see them. Here is our last trivia question for the day. Where was Paul? Where was Paul when he wrote the letter to Philemon? Where was Paul? What were his accommodations when he wrote the letter to Philemon? I'm going to tell you you can text in, but I'm still, like I said, you're not. I'm not going to read it. But you can still call in. Isn't that nice? We still had calls on all of them, right? 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. Where was Paul when he wrote the letter to Philemon? Philemon, if you want to be from, where is it they do Philemon? Philemon's from like Florida. People say Philemon. And then in Detroit, they, it's a Philemon. I don't care. Like, does it matter? Philippi, that's another funny one. Anyhow, uh, 972-445-0770. If you want to answer that, text 214-210-8483. If you want to text in and have me not see it, you can do that. And then you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. So those that can send an email, perhaps you might want to consider that. Uh, Where was Paul when he wrote the letter to Philemon? What was his accommodations? Very simply put, let's do our DNA because we did not do our DNA, uh, which we should do, which is something we didn't do. Uh, D stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily. Daily. I don't know if you guys know what daily is, but I think daily does mean every day. I'm going to stand with that. And never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. Never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. Never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. And then A, always be ready. To serve. To serve. Because if you are aware of other people and sensitive to the Lord, you can be a vessel or a vehicle of God's truth, God's proclamation, God's grace, God's mercy, God's wisdom, God's insight, whatever that case may be. But you can't do that unless you are Uh, aware of that okay that's our dna one more time the trivia question where was paul when he wrote the letter to philemon what was his accommodations if you think you know 972-445-0770 or you can also text in 214-210-8483 even though i can't get the text somebody is calling in and then we can uh you can additionally send an email david at he must increase.org the biggest thing about the text is i just don't want anybody to think that I was trying to be mean or, oh, Dave, he's not talking to us. No, 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 no. Okay? So I don't want you to do that. All right? Okay. All right? All right. All right. Uh, somebody ready to answer the trivia question? All right, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Um, hi, David. This is Deborah. Hi, Deborah. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. I'm, I'm, I'm mostly homework-free for a couple of days, so I'm super happy. <laughs> It's awesome. Just, it's like it's like a hundred pounds. Somebody lifts a hundred pounds off me. Like I'll take it. Right? That's awesome. <laughs> no doubt. All right. So here's a classic question, and uh, let's see if you can get this. I have a strong feeling you're going to get it. Where was Paul when he wrote the letter to Philemon? What was his accommodations? Um, I believe he was in prison. That is correct. You are right. One of the prison epistles, that is correct, Amundo. Ephesians, Colossians, uh, Philippians, and Philemon were the prison epistles. You are 100% correct. It's kind of not humorous, but you have plenty of time to write it. (laughs) 
just say the answer. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> That's a great job. Excellent, excellent work. And uh, we'll right. keep praying for you and Susie. How are you guys doing, by the way? Um, a little better, actually. I appreciate you asking. <laughs> All right. Well, we want to make sure you're doing good because you're, you know, you're one of our dear sisters in the Lord. We want to make sure that you and Susie are doing well. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, and you have a good day. All right. God bless you. God bless. Bye bye. All right, so for those that don't know, and I actually had this on my note, and I didn't even tell you, you need to be praying for our tech issues for He Must Increase uh, Ministry. Boy, is that true. I really should have said something earlier. Maybe I would have gotten some of my text. <laughs> wow. Well, praise the Lord, I'm going to walk out of here. There's going to be 86. Ding, 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 ding. I'm just going to turn my phone off. It's kind of how I'm going to do it. Oh, good. They just all came. <laughs> Oh, somebody must be praying. They're just now coming in. Is that just the weirdest thing? Okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna finish this teach. I'm gonna go home and pray every minute of my drive because I'm just hoping that a hovercraft doesn't come and take my car off uh, in the air. Wow, that is incredible. All of these texts just came in just now. Okay, all right. Okay, gonna do my teaching right now. How to handle the end. Besides a period. Uh, Mark chapter 13, verse 32 and 33. But concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. I happen to be a person that thinks that premillennialism is the coolest. Okay, I'm not just going to tell you. I think pre-trib rapture, who doesn't want that? you got to be kidding. Right. I also think postmillennialism is great in the principle that it tries to teach to advance the kingdom before the Lord comes, and it's more committed to the advancement than the departure. How can that be bad? That's a good thing too. All millennialism is more concerned with the current relationship process, and and, and has a uh, in looking at the Book of Revelation. It's not even bizarre. And when people say it's not popular, that's wrong. It's uh, it's more about spiritually connecting to everything you're reading so that you connect closer to the Lord. How can that be bad? I mean, there's none of those that are bad. That's got nothing to do with what I'm about to tell you, okay? Listen to what Jesus said. And and by the way, stand by your eschatology. Don't let anybody, myself included, talk you out of it or into it, all right? Concerning the day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. Uh, there is there is a day and there is an hour. This is going to be done. People, I actually talked to a, a a person who was Jewish in the background, and they were like, "Do you really think there's going to be a day?" And I said, "Not just a day, an hour. There's going to be a moment where it all happens." So yes, it's not revealed as to what that hour will be. It could be this season, that season. We don't know. That's okay. But we have three commands that Jesus gives us, regardless. And we should be doing these. We should A, be on guard, B, keep awake, and C, pray, right? You know, and, and that's part of it. And here's why. Because we don't know. So let's, let's, let's strip those from three to two. Be on guard and keep awake. Because that's the most direct thing. Because most of the time, keep awake and pray is in the other gospel. But keep on guard means what? It means be aware, be honed in. 
you're, the concern that people have, I think, in, in some of the American churches is be aware of other Christians. I, I would be a lot more uh, favorable to other Christians who are genuine but maybe mis, misdirected or just don't see it the same way. I'd be much more concerned about the satanicness of the world because the other people might see eschatology different, but they're not trying to dilute Christ, whereas the world is trying to dilute Jesus Christ and Satan is trying to eliminate any glory that he can get. That's what you better be aware of, because the time is coming, and it's getting closer, and you know it's getting worse. Okay? You already know that. And so one of the things we have to do is we have to be on guard. We have to be aware of it. you got to be, like, alert, and you got to keep awake, which tells us—I don't know if this happened to you or not. Have you ever been in a situation where you get so tired— I'm not going to say driving because that's a bad time to say it, but you get so tired, it's like really hard to keep your head up. Like your head snaps back when you realize, (laughs) right? That's what's being taught against spiritually. They're just like not off and it's not alert and just like, you know, kind of like, all right. Uh, again, don't do that while you're driving. But the point that I'm making is that we have to have this alertness, this awareness, because the things around us are not going to be uh, more spiritually uplifting from the world point of view, from your flesh point of view, from Satan's point of view. This is going to keep on going. And Jesus said, be on guard, keep awake. You don't know what the time is going to be. And because you don't know what the time is going to be, don't let your guard down. You cannot stop being diligent and vigilant as a Christian ever. When the trumpet blows, okay. Until the trumpet blows, no. No ski. No, no good. Keep awake. Keep alert. Keep watching. Because the enemy is not removed yet. But he will be, and that's kind of cool. All right, folks, you have been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Views and opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.